Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the Wickedly Smart Women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create change all around the world. Now here's your host, Emerald Green Forest. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Emerald Greenforest, and I am here today with my very special guest, Nancy Marmalejo. Nancy teaches entrepreneurs, leaders, and teams how to tap into their deep genius and use it to lead and create more powerfully. Since 2003, she's helped clients from all around the world communicate their messages more clearly and understand the mission beneath the work that they do. And so that's Nancy's formal introduction, but I have to say that I have actually known Nancy since 2003, since before I was Emerald Peaceful Green Forest, and even before I was the person I was before Emerald Peaceful Green Forest, we go way back. And Nancy has been in this industry and in this field and serving brilliantly for so many years, and I am so grateful and honored to call her friend. In fact, in 2008, when the internet started to get heated up and we both were getting involved in Twitter and MySpace, it was MySpace, make MySpace my place, I did a little course and I did another course with her uh, around Twitter and within a month I had a thousand Twitter followers way back then when she was focused on helping people get their message out using social media. So I am so grateful for the opportunity to have your immense presence, your wisdom, your grace, and your power here today on Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks so much for coming, Nancy. Oh, this is fun. Thank you very much, Emerald. (laughs) So I want to start by talking about your calling, like your deep genius. Help us to understand the story behind how you discovered your own deep genius and then converted it into offerings to people all over the world to help them find theirs? Well, I guess you have to go back pretty far in time, probably to four-year-old me. You know, it starts early and I know that there are aspects of myself today that were present then. And the biggest one has to be intense curiosity and creativity and just that creative flow. I tapped into that at an early stage in life. I think that most children do. And then it gets squished out of so many people. Tried to hold on to mine as best as I could. And that curiosity ended up getting me into a bit of trouble growing up because I asked a lot of questions I wasn't supposed to ask. How come there aren't any women priests? How come... I went to Catholic school for 12 years. I asked a lot of questions that were branded sacrilege. (laughs) So but I kept at it. I got in trouble. I'd ask my dad questions about the world, about life. And it was just inappropriate for a 10 year old to be asking that question. I'd get sent to my room, but I just kept like 
that's just what I do. I'm not asking questions to rile people up and to upset them. I just really want to understand things from every perspective. And then when I was a sophomore in high school, I had a class in high school that was, I went to Catholic high school and we had this comparative religions class. And our teacher, David Lane, Professor David Lane, I think he's now at like River, UC Riverside or somewhere, but he was amazing and he was super young and super cute and he was a surfer and we all loved him. But he had gone to India and he had worked with Mother Teresa and teaching us comparative religion. Suddenly he started talking to us about cosmic consciousness and he started talking to us about all these different things that I'd never heard about and it was like, I knew there was something else there. And that just continued to push me on this path of what else is there? What's that other thing? What's behind that corner? And sometimes people get exhausted because I'm, I'm not content sitting in one spot. It's like, okay, we've been here for five minutes, but what do you think is over there? You know? So I think that's just for me, the absolute thread. And then there's life events and formal education and other innate strengths, but I have to say that's at the root of it. Beautiful. So what I'm hearing there is curiosity is your genius. Is that what I'm hearing? It's, it's part of it. There are a lot of components to yeah. a person's genius, but that is like the fuel underneath me. I, I was trying to tell somebody that that is like my core value. And she was debating me on whether that was a value or not. And I said, it is for me. Well, it is. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I love how you just communicated standing your ground right there. So that's one thing that I love about you a lot, Nancy, is not only are you curious, but you are somebody who can clearly communicate. And that's something that you help a lot of people with. And uh, I think the thing I admire about you and what makes you wickedly smart in my eyes is your capacity to be even sometimes confrontational. So can you talk a little bit about and maybe offer our listeners some steps or guidance or wisdom to let them like really own their genius and speak their truth from that place with confidence? Oh, yes. Well, I'll tell you, the first thing is everybody needs to have some kind of a, a grounding activity or ritual or time every day because when you're grounded, when you are not in stress mode, you can do all this stuff. But if you are, you know, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, flying off the handle, it, you could go to every workshop and have every communication script in the world. You're going to fly off the edge and it's not going to be pretty. So that's the first thing. I was, I was just working with a client yesterday and, you know, it had to do with like email management and all this stuff. I said, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do with you calming down so you can stay focused. And that was really the thing. So understanding that as a root piece, this piece about owning your genius is really, really knowing what are your innate strengths. And, and I'm really like, you know, not the things that you think sound good on a resume so somebody will hire you or what you think another person wants to hear so they'll like you. Just who the hell are you? And it's okay, however it turns out. I have a, a six, well, there's six of us in my family. There's, um, I'm the youngest of six and we're all different. And um, I was just talking to somebody earlier today and I said, you know, one of my sisters is just the most amazing project manager and I'm not, I'm more the creative director. And so whenever there's a family thing going on, I know she's going to make the best project manager. Well, what if I wanted to tell everybody, you know, I'm a great project manager when really what I am is more of a creative director. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be in the, the slot that you're in 
it's all valuable. I have a college degree in liberal arts, which for a long time I had, I, I felt that I needed to hide that because everyone was saying, why didn't you study business? Why didn't you study engineering? Why didn't you do more? You know, why didn't you be an accountant? And I said, because I was interested in so many things, I couldn't decide and I ended up getting a liberal arts degree. Well, now I go to these tech conferences and who are they looking for? They are looking for liberal arts majors because liberal arts majors embody the human experience in a different way. Mm-hmm. So owning that piece about you, knowing it, is all of that, that, that calming ritual, that knowing of what your strengths are, that is a prerequisite to being able to communicate clearly and powerfully. So that way, you're just saying what you have to say. You're not involved in a power play or you know, seeking drama. Mm. I'm not a fan of drama <laughs> unless I'm going to a play and paying for it. There you go. I love that. And, you know, the other thing I'm hearing there, and I just want to really underscore this for our our listeners all over the world who are tuning in, and that is the second point that you made about really knowing your own innate strengths. And once you're grounded and you know your own innate strengths, you're just speaking. You're just speaking. So many women, especially, you know, but I think men too are putting on masks and putting themselves into like the the square pegs trying to fit into the round holes and pretending to be equipped in areas where yes, they might be like, I do this myself. I'll say, oh, I'm good enough to be dangerous, but not good enough to be great. Right. So can you talk to those people who are good enough to be dangerous, but not really good enough to be great at what they're doing and give them maybe something that they can do to extract themselves from that belief that they have to or that pattern that they're running? Yes. Oh, I have a perfect, this is a fun exercise and you can do it as an individual. I find it to be really fun to do with a partner. I have done this at leadership conferences. I've done this with CFOs in Silicon Valley. I've done this with women in engineering. I mean, and I've done it with artists and community activists. So it it works. You start to look at yourself from like three perspectives. One, what are some of your innate strengths? And just, I mean, don't, don't overthink it. You know, are you a good listener? And that comes easy to you. These are the things that don't tire you out. Like, you know, if you're around somebody, you're like, oh my God, I had to listen to them all day long. Well, then you might not be a good listener. Or I have a lot of empathy, or I'm a great communicator, or I'm really funny naturally. I'm intuitive. I'm very analytical. I know how to take things apart and put them back together again. I don't know how I know how to do this stuff. So that's category one. Things you know, but you don't really know how you know them. You just just comes out there. And then the next category would be life experiences that have shaped you and woken up strengths you didn't realize that you had. Like those of us who've, you know, experienced the loss of a parent or the caretaking of a sick person or the birth of a child or moving cross country or starting a new job or losing your home or there was a fire. I mean, whatever it was, good or, you know, challenging, joyful, depressing and and devastating, all of those things germinate this something in you, right? So you start paying attention to those episodes in your life and draw out like, well, what did I get out of that? You know, I'm more resilient than I thought. I actually have the ability to endure. I didn't realize I could love someone as much as I do. Oh, fancy that. So then the next one is just looking at, well, what are some of the things that you're 
that you've learned formally that somebody taught you and you really took to it. And it seems to have meshed well with everything. So you have these three columns and the fun part is when you grab something from column A and something from column B and something from column C and you start looking at these unusual pairings, you might have an infinite number of combinations. And then when you start to share that with another person, the other person then reflects back to you the value they hear and see in that, the potential. So I was doing this conference last year in Silicon Valley for this Women in Engineering Leadership Conference. It was thousands and thousands of women engineers. It was amazing. They were from all over the world. And here I'm doing this deep genius workshop. You know, I'm not talking about this software or this career path. I'm talking about deep genius. And it was packed and people loved it. And you know, what was so great is that people were like, we're, we're forming it. We're going to create an app. We got to go. And, and other people were like moved to tears because they found out they could identify not just as an engineer. They're the engineer who traveled the world and is a trained opera singer. Or they're the engineer who's into crystals and, you know, did this other thing. It's like the depth mm. is exposed and revealed. Mm. And when you get to that, you just look in the mirror and you look a little different. You're like, Hey, look at, you know, it's just that recognition of your own badassery without being a jerk about it. You know, you're not being like, Ooh. You know, it's like normal, natural. It's just like saying, this is me. Yeah. Beautiful. beautiful isn't it? And what I loved there is the depth is exposed. Yeah. Super, super juicy. So we're already at the break. It's amazing how fast this happens. But when we come back from the break, we are going to talk a little bit more about what you just laid out because there's so much juice there. For now, though, we're going to say thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We've already had thousands of downloads from all over the world that are coming in and more and more and more are coming in. And I want to shout out this week to our listeners in... San Francisco Bay Area, which is where Nancy is living uh, the dream life right there in San Francisco Bay Area. Right now, though, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with Nancy Marmalejo. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Women, are you ready for a big revenue breakthrough so you can stop working like a man and being paid like a woman? Are you ready to take the leap and go deep to claim your value and convert your wisdom to wealth? Is now the time to fulfill your mission and change the world? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired by women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance and be heard by millions while building a sustainable business model that makes bank please visit apply.wealthylifemethod.com to apply for an invitation-only consultation. If you have been inspired to receive support in welcoming wealth by making your most heartfelt contribution to the world, be sure to apply for a consultation today. Once again, that is apply.wealthylifemethod.com or click in the link in the show notes to access the application. And we are back with Nancy Marmalejo. She is the CEO and founder of talentandgenius.com. You can find out more about her there and uh, let yourself receive the free gift that she has to offer right there on the main page of talentandgenius.com. 
So before we went to the break, Nancy was talking about the three things that you can do so that your depth is exposed and revealed, and then you can own your own genius. And I want to spiral back just briefly to underscore that your innate strength doesn't tire you out. <laughs> How awesome is that? <laughs> and it's things that you do naturally. So my sense is if you are somebody who is tiring yourself out, then you're likely not fully aligned with your deep genius. And it would be a great idea for you to get in touch with Nancy to get some help to expose that, to expose the depth that's there. So Nancy, you are also super, super creative. You know, that's one of the things that you were working on back in 2003 when we met. You were uh, more focused on creativity and your creativity has allowed you to evolve and grow magically over time until you got to this spot, the talent and genius spot, which is really like your deep genius is helping other people find their deep genius. So I want to talk to you about your creative flow and your creative power. And I'd love to have you share with our listeners, what are some of the things that you can identify within yourself that allow you to know when you are in the flow or approaching the flow and also what you do to adjust when you've fallen out of the creative flow? I think that as I'm, as I'm reflecting on this, I'm just like the images are popping up in my head of play. I have little kids in my life, nieces, nephews, godchildren, kids, you know, just there's something about me being around younger children where I have the best conversations. It's kind of like that viral video of the guy that's sitting on the couch talking to his, to his toddler and the toddler's just going blah, 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 blah. And the guy's like, yeah, I know. Right. Like I have those kinds of conversations with kids and it's so much fun because we're not following anybody's rules and there's no right way or wrong way to do something. You can, you can give the most outrageous suggestion and a kid will go, oh, that's awesome. And then they reach a certain age and they might say like, that's not possible. And I'm like, okay, you just got too old to play. With. You know, I got to go back to the preschoolers. But there's something about that process of unlimited thinking. For me, I literally love being around little humans who have that unfettered creative flow. I know that for myself, I am realizing, especially as I am in that official middle age category, is that my health, the food I eat, I gave up alcohol in the 90s just because I didn't feel like I needed it anymore. It was getting in the way of my spiritual growth. And I think that makes a really big difference. And, you know, going dairy free and gluten free 10 years ago, big difference because when I'm foggy headed, you know, I'm not doing so well. When I like, okay, I am when I'm, let's say I'm not in the flow. Like this last week, I was not in the flow. I was having a really hard time banging my head up against the wall. I couldn't figure it out. And then I heard about, I was talking to somebody and she's like, oh, it's planetary interferences. Then this full moon and Sagittarius and I'm a Sagittarius. Maybe it just hit me double. But 
oh my God, I, I just talked to a friend today and I said, listen, next time I'm kind of falling apart, remind me to go on my phone and look at the app I have that shows the phases of the moon. Because sometimes the full moon, I, I get a little unfocused. So if I understand, is it an environmental factor? Is it a dietary factor? Is it a spiritual factor? Have I just not been tending to my spiritual garden? Am I spending too much time inside? Have I not exercised enough? All of, you know, the care and feeding of one's creative spirit must come in a lot of different ways. And, you know, I just look at it as a whole life experience. Beautiful. I love that. Well, you are a leader in the realm of personal and professional development, and you have been for so many years. So one of the things that I know that leaders have to do is they have to learn how to value their own vision. And I feel like this is kind of an extension of after people have gotten to the place with you where they do understand their deep genius, the next step is really valuing that deep genius sufficiently to be able to be in the marketplace, whether it's in a team or whether it's, you know, as an individual, as an entrepreneur, to value their own vision. And so obviously you've had to do that yourself. You've had to value your own vision and be committed to your vision and be consistently advancing the plan on your vision. So I'd love to have you share a little bit about you know, what does valuing your vision mean to you? And what do you do to help yourself if you're feeling disconnected from it? You know, I, the visioning, I know for myself and for my clients is such a big thing because it gives us the, the, the marching orders for what goes next. And there are a couple different levels. Like sometimes I'll just have a complete download and I see, oh, that's what we're supposed to do. I find that if I don't have it really, like sometimes if I talk too soon about it to people, that's not a good thing because if I'm not fully formulating it and if I'm just sort of talking, it's like, ah, you know, I had this vision and I saw myself traveling around the world. And then somebody will say, well, is your passport updated or is, um, you know, do you have the right luggage? How are you going to get away? Don't you know that there's terrorists? I mean, it's like, and so there's a certain time to take that vision out. So internally valuing it, I just have to, I have to think about it. I have to write about it. I have to envision it. I have to pray about it. I have to ask it to reveal more to me. I have to ask that vision to show me what areas of my life need support so that vision can come through. Do I need more help at home? Do I need more money? Do I need my health to be in better shape? What is it that I need? That for me, when I feel bolstered in that, and even if I don't have those things in place, but at least I know and I can identify the areas, suddenly it becomes, I become a little stronger in that. Hmm. And I think the, the next piece is just from internally valuing a vision is to be able to communicate it to others. But you can't communicate it until you are rock solid in it because I think I just gave an example of what happens when you communicate it too early. I'm sure that's happened to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, it's happened to me more times than I care to admit to, but it has. And it takes me a few times to learn, but now I know. <laughs> that's a big piece of it. The, the other piece is that you always have to ask yourself at each step of the juncture, 
what am I here to create? Now that I know this, what am I here to create? What am I here to create? And that creation might be, you know, you create a style of leadership, you create your way of communicating, you create changes in your individual self, you create changes in your world and your organization. Maybe you're creating a new product or a business, maybe you're writing a book, but that question, what am I here to create? I think is very important Mm. because then it further answers questions and, and fleshes out your value. Yeah. Beautiful. So you're somebody that I believe, um, you know, kind of underneath this umbrella of leadership, I feel like a leader has to have a bunch of things. They have to have clarity on their creativity and how they're channeling it. They have to value their vision. They also have to talk the walk and walk the talk. And so oftentimes challenges show up in our leadership. So what I'd love to have you talk about now in our last little segment here is when you have lost your vision or when you are off course, do you have practices that you work with internally to help you to reconnect? One thing that I've noticed for myself is sometimes I take a leap forward and then I can't land the leap. And so I slide back And I've learned to accept that the slide back is not a bad thing. It's actually an opportunity for me to move again from a a place of greater strength. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about how you stay walking your talk and talking your walk when you're challenged. And and putting that in the context of leadership as well. Sure. So first of all, there's going to be one way I do it if it's just me. And there's another way I'm going to do it if there's other people involved. If I'm leading a team, if I'm leading an organization, if I'm leading a movement versus if it's me creating on me. So if it's just me, far less collateral damage. We just, it's me. I don't have to get consensus on anything. I don't need to schedule with anybody. I don't have to like figure anything out. No systems, no processes. Go right back to the basics for me. It is always you know, my, my morning meditation, my mindfulness rituals, my connection with my medicine garden, my, my spiritual tools, it'll always, for me, always go back to spiritual stuff, always, you know, and that is first and foremost, because when I get off kilter there, I am off everywhere. If I need to walk my talk and talk my walk and reconnect with my vision, and there are other people involved, I think it's really important to you know, I need to know what is the deep genius of every person involved around me. So if I'm in a place, let's say I'm, I'm overwhelmed by something or what's happened in my life is I'll be in the middle of creating and planning and there've been family emergencies. I know who has what strengths that I can ask. And I no longer identify the people who work around my business with me as my team. I identify them as my collaborators and I volunteer a lot, and I'm on various committees in a leadership capacity, and that is always the first thing that I need to find out from the other volunteer collaborators, because if something happens, this is like a you know, a family project here. It's got to get done. And let's not worry about titles and roles. Let's just look at who can do what, when, where, how, and why. And I don't know. That's my style. I like, I like people to just like slide into where they can. And then once you do that, you, you realize, Oh, maybe we need to revise these job descriptions and whatnot. Ah. So, 
So that's how I'm working on it from an individual point of view and from an organizational point of view. But both of them, I will go right into the meditation and the, you know, the prayers and the, the grounding because I think that is the thing that keeps me going, honestly. Yeah. Probably more than the green juice and the gluten-free diet. It's <laughs> prayer meditation. <laughs> well, beautiful, Nancy. It's been a prayer and a meditation to have you with us today on the show. So grateful for your presence. Please, listeners, check out talentandgenius.com to find out more about Nancy and consider working with her to discover your own deep genius. And perhaps if you are a leader in a big organization, have her come in and do the deep genius for your entire team so that you can, you know, avoid the catastrophes before they happen. And when the catastrophes and big challenges do come up, you'll immediately know who your go-to people are. We do love feedback listeners. So please let us know what you thought of today's show or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to review and rate Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.